Welcome to another edition of the Dean Leggy Show here on Dog Post, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, iTunes, everywhere. Uh, let's get right into it. Big, long, interesting week at Georgia this week with the dogs. Uh, you know, in a, in a in a kind of a nine day window, winning the uh, the Sugar Bowl over Baylor. That probably means that Georgia will end the season as the number four team in the country. Uh, they've not had a bunch of top fives through history, uh, but they've had quite a few this century, I guess you could say. Uh, and then, um, you know, the departure of Jake Fromm, whatever in the world was going on with Cade Mays. Now he's at Tennessee. Uh, then you've got the addition of Jamie Newman. You also had two five-star players commit to Georgia. We still have signing day that's left this month, uh, later, this you know, next month and a few weeks. The national championship game is Monday night. And then after that, you'll have the coaching convention uh, and then recruiting will begin immediately after that. Uh, and it will be an interesting time just to see how Georgia wraps up this class. They can still capture the number one class in the country. In fact, you know, if they add two people, they probably will be the number uh, one class in the country. But nonetheless, I think the biggest thing is to keep Broderick Jones, uh, Cedric Van Pran as well. Certainly those guys could be your tackles of the future. They could be tackles of 2020 in many ways. Uh, a lot of people are, are – I want to talk about the offensive line just for a moment because when you lose Cade Mays, who probably would have played uh, a tackle spot if not left tackle um, – it makes you wonder about you know what's going to be next for Georgia at these spots. I'm not so sure they're in as bad a position as everybody else thinks they are. I mean, you you will probably return Ben Cleveland, uh, and then you've got your center returning in Trey Hill. Um, there have been other guys, Justin Schaefer, who have started or played a lot, uh, and then obviously with the the guys who have been uh, developing the last year or two, as well as the kids coming in, uh, you've got a lot of options there. Clay Webb. Um, and I don't have the board straight in front of me, uh, but Owen Condon and obviously Warren Erickson started in the Sugar Bowl. So uh, this offensive line at Georgia is hardly in at real dire straits. You also have Tate Ratledge, who looks like he could be a right tackle pretty quick. Uh, you just have to figure out who your left tackle is. That's been solved really for the first, well, three of the first years of Kirby Smart with Isaiah and then um, Andrew Thomas for two years. You lose Isaiah Wilson, Andrew Thomas. Those are your two tackles, so that's important. And then obviously losing Solomon Kinley uh, is not ideal. But uh, Solomon was uh, sharing time with Justin Schaefer uh, during the season. So you've got now. If you lose Ben uh, Ben uh, Cleveland, that could be more complicated. But I'm not. I'm not sure George is really in as bad a shape as everybody wants to make it out to be. Whenever you lose a first round guy like Andrew Thomas, that's not great. Um, but you're losing a lot of important pieces. You know, you're losing a first-round guy in Andrew Thomas. You're losing a first-round guy in DeAndre Swift. You know, you're losing your starting quarterback in Jake Fromm, who's been there for three years but didn't have an unreal 2019. Um, so if you want to be skeptical of the offense, that's fine, but this is still a program that, you know, if you were skeptical of the offense this year, you had reason to be. They were just not great, didn't score 30 points or more after the South Carolina game. And still managed to finish number two, uh, number four in the country. So, and and I, we don't know what the outcome is uh, tomorrow night in uh, New Orleans, but you could make a case that Georgia um, could be number three or two. Um, you know, those two teams that have played uh, Clemson and Ohio State. That's only if Clemson loses, of course. Those two teams uh, had the benefit of 
of getting to the playoff, not having to deal with LSU in their conference championship games, you have to wonder, um, you know, if Georgia would have gotten in with a loss to LSU anyway. It looks right now like they they probably wouldn't have, but uh, the way they lost wasn't ideal. But boy, LSU has just been pounding everybody. We'll see what uh, Clemson has to say about that when they get their shot in the Superdome. It's going to be a tough challenge for sure for Clemson. Um, but you know, with, with their whole mantra of nobody ever thinks we're going to do anything anyway, which is a ridiculous notion. Uh, maybe they're comfortable with it. Uh, but for Georgia's future, I mean, you've got Jamie Newman, Carson Beck, Dwan Mathis, and, uh, Stetson Bennett, who are all going to be fighting it out for snaps. I mean, I don't think as it stands today, if I know Kirby smart at all, that they're going to have an entrenched starter going into the Virginia game. You probably will have a starter. The question is, how much will that person play uh, versus the other person that will come in? And who would that number two be? I mean, if it's Carson Beck that's your starter, um, that would be interesting because that would mean he will have come in and beat out an FCS starting quarterback and two other guys who have been around college football for a while. Um if, but you I mean that's not unheard of under Kirby. If Newman is your guy, you know how much of a fight did the other guys put up? And Stetson certainly knows Georgia's offense. I can't imagine Mathis doesn't know it at this point either, even though he's he's not exactly been uh, physically participating with the more with the more physical things that have been going on in practice. But I mean, I'm sure he knows what's going on. And he, of course, just like just like Carson, all four of these guys can run a little bit. Um, all four of them can run a little bit, but with Newman, you've got a proven runner, a guy who got Wake Forest ranked in the top 20, which is pretty amazing uh, this past season before their season sort of slipped away and fell apart. It's it's going to be an interesting uh, spring, and you don't always say that at Georgia. I mean, you couldn't really say that going into 17, going into 18, and going into 19. Perhaps you could say that going into 18 just because Justin was there. But there was really it was it was hard to imagine that Justin would would start at Georgia uh, going into the 18th season just because of how well Fromm had played before that and how up and down Justin was uh, in practices. There were times, understandably, where he really had a hard time in spring of 18. There were times when he had a hard time in, in fall of 18. But and there's no question Justin is a gifted special player, perhaps a generational player. But you know, all these guys can't be generational. <laughs> I mean. You know, he, he might be, but I don't know I don't know that um, anybody who's on Georgia's roster as it stands today at quarterback is a generational player, uh, a Matthew Stafford type, so um, or even an Aaron Murray type. So we'll see where the future goes, but the defense returning everybody, basically, is going to be hard to score on. Um, it's going to be tough to score on Georgia. Scoring more than 20 points, more than 20 points against Georgia has not been common under Kirby Smart. So this Georgia defense is going to be something to deal with for sure. We'll just see uh, what it will be like in the fall. I mean, and guys like Trayvon Walker, Nolan Smith, you've got them for not just next year, but the year after that. Uh, Nicobe Dean, guys like that. I mean, so this is, well, Nicobe is... is um, I mean, who's going to play that other linebacker position that Tay Crowder played? Um, it's not like you don't have options there. So virtually all of the defense is coming back for the dogs. The question is, 
can this offense become more functional, particularly uh, scoring more than 30 points a game? Uh, is that something that we're going to see in the near future? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we there. I don't really, we are, it is January, I think, 11th today or the 12th. I'm getting my days uh, certainly very mixed up. It's the 12th. And, it, you know, I'm I'm not the voice of God on these things. I don't know what's going to happen with these quarterbacks. I don't know that anyone knows. Um, and I, I've learned over 20 years of covering uh, college football and covering Georgia that you you really need to see the proof in the pudding. And, you know, there have been times when Jamie Newman really played well at Wake Forest. There were other times when things were underwhelming. And you can say that about a lot of college football players because that's the way most people are. Every day isn't a good day. The question is, which of these guys gives them the most, the, the, the widest window to get through, the biggest ability to make a jump on the offensive side of the ball? Because, you know, what you're switching out, no matter which quarterback you bring in, you're, you're switching out a lot of experience in the SEC with not much experience to none in the SEC, and you're switching out not a lot of athleticism with Jake Fromm, who is an athlete for sure, a baseball guy and a, and a football guy, but not a run and jump guy. He's not a, no one's confusing him for playing basketball in college. So you're switching that out with four guys who are extremely athletic, I would, I would say. Um, and, you know, how as coaches will Georgia, you know, thread the needle here? And, you know, do different things, perhaps. I mean, if Newman is running for 500 yards on the ground at Wake Forest, could he run for 300 in the SEC? Um, that would be that would be about what Shock did in 2005. And they won the conference that year. I mean, DJ threw, I think, I think he completed six passes in the SEC championship game against LSU. Again, going completely off memory. Um, and people are going to compare him with Newman, but Shock didn't run as often as Newman does currently. I mean, DJ was a pocket quarterback who wore out the tight ends, Leonard Pope. I mean, he had guys that he depended on, and he really took advantage of his situation. He was a product of a system. He was a fifth-year senior, had been at Georgia for a while, knew Coach Rick really well, and they, they cashed in. I mean, that was a big deal year for Georgia. And I, the biggest thing about that 2005 team, that was one of the wheelhouse times that I covered Georgia, was knowing a lot of those guys. They were tight. I mean, they were close. Very close. Uh, I still remember the way that Demario Mentor, who I see occasionally uh, in the recruiting world, how hurt he was uh, when DJ... Um, was talking with us about being hurt. It was it was like a midweek day. It was maybe a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and you know DJ was down there talking with reporters. An injured player would never talk with reporters now at Georgia. But Shock was there. I don't think Tim Jennings was there. I can't remember. I mean, Shock was there, and I'm certain DJ, a mentor was there. But. It was, I mean, they were sad. I and mean, they were still an undefeated team, but they knew he couldn't play against the Gators, and that was a huge game. But Shock was, you know, what Newman won't have 
is what Shock had the, pretty much the entire 2005 season. There was a lot of people that doubted what DJ could do because he did not play well against Georgia Tech in the final game of the season. He did not. There were moments uh, like the 2003 game at LSU where you know Shock D, David got hurt. Shock went in there and. It was just, you know, LSU was out for blood and, and you know, there wasn't anything anybody could do. And people formed their view of DJ on, you know, the, the, the moments in time that were negative for Shock. They ignored the times that were so good. I mean, does Georgia beat Clemson in 2002 with the, without DJ? Because David played bad in that game. I don't, I'm not sure if they do. I doubt it. Or it doesn't, he, he mattered in that game. Um, and then people will talk about, the 2002 Florida, uh, 2002 Florida game, he threw an interception for a touchdown. Shit, Georgia had the lead uh, at the half in that game, I mean, if memory serves correct. And even if it wasn't at the half, that was in the first half that that happened. That was not the exclusive reason why Georgia lost to Florida. I was a big DJ Shockley guy. Um, I thought David should have started when he started, but I thought the negativity going into the 2005 season was just exponentially larger than it should have been. DJ Shockley was a special quarterback, but really a people, he was like a magnet. Those guys loved him. They loved him. Um, you know, Russ Tanner was, in, someone was in the other one's wedding. These guys, and those guys had not a lot in common. Um, but Shock was a, a not, I mean, the word leader is overused. But DJ was as close to that as you could see, and that I, I don't, and that's not diminishing Matthew or David or Aaron or all these other guys. Joe Tereshinsky was a great leader. He was not a very good quarterback. You got to have both. So if it's Newman, he's going to have to somehow get the locker room on his side while fighting off three other guys who are legit, you know, players in their own right. Um, it's just. It's just a different time, and um, you know when you just look at the landscape of the SEC, there's questions everywhere. I mean, you look at Alabama; they're losing a lot of guys on offense. You're obviously Tua being the the main one, and then the receivers, and you know Alabama's going to be a different team in 2020 than it has been in in the recent past. They're going to have to score. They're going to continue to have to score because their defense is unproven. You know, you look at the Gators. Uh, everyone's talking about Kyle Trask coming back. He's got to play better too, though. I mean, like those receivers are all gone down there and they're going to get kids in. The, the tight end is, is, is a very good receiver, uh, is a very good catch catcher, but their, their defense has got issues too. Uh, they lost a lot of guys. So there's a lot of transition in the SEC at dog post. We're going to monitor everything. Of course, Starting with these four quarterbacks in the spring, Dean Leggy for Dog Post wrapping up to Sunday night show, Dean Leggy show here. Make sure you press the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you uh, tomorrow on Dog Post.